every send that I got from clients, I was like, I'll just keep running ads. Every time I signed a new client, I was like, that's another 500 people I can get on my email list based on my cost per lead kind of thing. And some people, some of those people are still on my list. And then, so anyway, I had this crappy little lead magnet and I, I sent out a couple of emails. I offered my course half price. So it was like 500 bucks AUD. And I got eight people that signed up and I was like stoked. I thought I was, you know, a big dog. Hello and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat to switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google ads and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpost, Homeworker Law and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha loving Real Housewives apologist alongside my love of all things pop culture. And yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hello, welcome to this episode, which is a bit different. So I invited my good friend, Lisa Byrne, who is an e-commerce business mentor. And also she has her own course, which is called e-commerce grow strong. Make sure you go and follow her on socials and all that sort of stuff. But I I invited Lisa on to basically turn the tables and interview me for this podcast interview, this podcast episode. This is going to be the last episode I record for a while. Not sure how long, but I will be putting the podcast on rest until I, after I have my baby and am reintegrating myself with the work. So I'm not sure how long that will be, but at the time of this episode going live, I'll be about 38, 37, 38 weeks pregnant. So I am easing into mat leave and not really doing a whole lot more work for the, for the next couple of weeks and then the next couple of months. So I wanted Lisa to come on and basically ask me any questions she had about building my business and what that looked like and the behind the scenes and all that sort of stuff. And Lisa and I have known each other for about a year now and we connected online and she's amazing. So I thought what a good way to get her to ask me all those sort of questions that maybe some of you might have in your mind too. So enjoy this episode. It's a bit different than usual, like I said, but but I hope that you like it. And I also just want to say thank you if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or if you've just started, I really appreciate the support and that you've been listening to it. And I've really enjoyed hosting this podcast for the last nearly year, I think it's been running for now. So I'll be taking a little hiatus and then back in your ears when I'm back. Okay, so I've got I've got Lisa on board today. So you do your intro, Lisa. Okay, Katie, we are turning the tables and I, Lisa Byrne, I'm going to interview you today. Yeah, so let's actually, maybe before we do that, let's talk about how we met because yeah. I think we're like a business friends. Yeah. <laughs> a love story. So I think you heard me on a podcast. I did. I heard you on a podcast and I reckon that was about probably a year ago. Yeah, it was this time last year, I think, about yeah. April, May last year, yeah. And it was surprising because it's an American podcast and there's usually American businesses on there. So instantly I was like, oh, I've got to listen to this. And you were pretty funny. And I thought she's very interesting. And I just DM'd, I slid into your DMs, I think. Yeah. And I was so um, thrilled that someone had actually messaged me. I think I was at the point where I just started my social media. So I felt like a celebrity. Yes. Yes, I was like, oh my God, I'm such a big shot. 
you you are. You are such a Hollywood celebrity. Um, I'd seen your ads target me and then I heard you on the podcast. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And she's in the e-com biz as well, e-com world. So, and I was, you know, still building my business as well as I am today. But yeah, I, I really like reaching out to people that um, I feel a, like a connection with, not just, oh, she seems successful. I'm going to become her friend. I was like, she seems like a cool chick. I want to chat to her and connect. And it was interesting because I think I, um, it was good for me for, for you to reach out because I think when I hear people on podcasts, I assume they're too like busy to yeah. hear from people. So now when I hear someone on a podcast that I really liked what they were saying, I'll, I'll DM them and be like, by the way, I really loved hearing you on this podcast. And they're often so appreciative and they'll write back to you. And cause everyone's just trying to build their business and stuff like that. So it gave me like, oh, I want to do this for other people. Cause I was like, oh, and then I, you were inquiring about, um, signing up to the mastermind that I was thinking of. And I was like, I don't know if it's the right thing for you right now. When we were chatting about that sort of stuff. So that's kind of how we yeah, wasn't it? And then we just, yes. Yeah. I really appreciated that. And I've asked other people in business as well about the courses and masterminds that they've done. And it's good to get that honest feedback mm. um, from someone else in your stage or that have walked the the same path as you or what have you. Yeah. So you never, if you don't ask, you don't know as well. Like just reach out and say hi to someone. And that's actually my favorite thing about Instagram now is like just not selling, but connecting with other people. Like I feel like I've made so many good online friends through Instagram, just being like, it's like a networking, it's, but yeah. in an organic way, it's not really yeah. gross. It's like, yeah, what are you up to and where are yeah, you? I'm, and... I'm probably your most favorite though, right? Oh yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> good. <laughs> Glad we established that. <laughs> and then we sort of did masterclasses for each other's groups. Yep. And then you signed up to my mastermind, like my little yeah, well, I was on your podcast launch. first. You are my podcast, yes. Yeah. I was on your and podcast. That was really a lot of fun. That was, what, I think I was like number six or something. So it was fairly fresh for you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I was just desperate for guests. That's oh, why I got to call up. Scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I was like, God, Lisa's, Lisa's got time on her hands. Yeah. <laughs> She'll join me. But that was great because so many people that listen to your podcast and love who you are, um, and how you deliver your content and connect with your audience then found me and they're very similar people I find mm. they're um, really lovely people and they're maybe the more like down to earth I find yeah they're not the type of a business that are going after that like girl gang boss babe yeah. vibe I feel like they're more of a mature level-headed person and Just practical practical yes practical chicks yeah, practical chicks just want to know the the real meat of the situation rather than the fluffy stuff. So we've actually, yeah, um, referred clients yes. to each other a lot. Yeah, because I think we're in a, for those that aren't um, familiar with Lisa, she's at like an e-commerce mentor. She has her own course, Ecom Grow Strong, which you should sign up to the wait list for that. And she helps really solidify the foundations of, of e-commerce businesses before they're ready to add in maybe at least it's kind of like the precursor to doing my my google ads course because she makes sure you've got your marketing pillars your foundations all rock solid before you start to invest in paid ads um and so you predominantly work will have worked in the past you're sort of in a transition model at the moment where you have been going from one-on-one -on -one client work and 
then are transitioning to becoming more of a course based business. And I had done that. And so I think I could really identify with the stage that you were looking to go down um, when we met because you were like, I think I want to diversify and not be so one-on-one all the time. And because it can get really, you can get really burnt out really quickly doing that. Yeah. And you obviously recognized how fabulous I was and just wanted to... (laughs) Right, just wanted to like copy everything you've done. <laughs> so I brought Lisa on today so she can flip the tables on me and be and ask all the questions because I am a very open book and ask all the questions that basically she wants to know about because she's a sticky beak about all building a business and all that sort of stuff. So you take things away and I'll be the guinea pig. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm stoked to have this opportunity because, yes, I am a nosy person but you know what most people are they want to take a peek inside the business people pretend they're not and I love hearing the behind the scenes stuff because people pretend they're like I want to know gritty details about like no but what like what time do you start work or like what do you like what does it look like for you to do this with kids or I'm always looking for that because what you see on Instagram as you know everyone knows is like not the truth and so you see all these really big seven-figure businesses and you're like but actually what does that look like yeah totally how how did you get there and and how long did it take and the steps but in particular for me it's like the juggle because you've got Mm. two point like nine children I know like how many weeks away are you from having the third at the time of recording about five gosh (laughs) Yeah, and which is why I'm probably panting, panting heavily. Oh, yes. Um, So you do see a lot of the, you know, in air quotations, six figure, seven figure entrepreneurs, but a lot of the time they don't have children. Mm. So I want to know maybe that's the first question is how you, so you've been going at the course business, let's say, for like two to three years? No. So the, course first launched in August of 2019 so it'd be about 20 months now 20 wow. 21 months yeah it's been a fast it's been rise. fast yeah so talk us through your first round I was coming off the back of maternity leave of my second baby in so she was born in the August of 2018 so I was at the dilemma point where in like April of 2019, I was, do I want to go back to my agency job? What does that look like? What does it look like when I want to do, when I've got a kid starting school in a few years? Because at that point I had a a four-year-old and eight-month-old or whatever it was. And I was just like, I don't think I can make this work. Um, And so I remember having a conversation with my husband. I was sitting on the floor in the lounge room and I said to him, I think I want to develop my own Google ads course. And it felt actually really silly. Even just saying that to him, I felt really embarrassed because it was like someone that's in the digital world understands courses, but it seemed like such a stupid idea to say to my husband's an electrician. Like he's very much like he supports me in everything I do, but he doesn't necessarily get the digital world. Yeah. And so I said to him, I want to, and even now when I talk to like, my parents have no idea what I do or friends, they're like, she runs some sort of course. You know, it sounds <laughs> silly to anyone that's, yeah, I totally you just run a course and three people turn up, you know? Yeah. So I remember telling him, I said, I want to develop a Google ads course because I'm recognizing, I see there's this huge gap where people can either try and DIY their 
Google ads and they have no idea what they're doing and there's no training, there's literally no training, or they can hire an agency and most agencies are shit. Like mm-hmm. a lot of agencies, there are a lot of really good people, but a lot of agencies burn you and they don't tell you the truth. And yeah. that's something that I had experienced being a client manager is that I had taken on those clients who'd been burned by two or three agencies in the past. So I was like, there's this real middle ground where people either have no option but to DIY or have no option but to uh, invest and don't know how to adequately understand what's going on. Mm. And the reason why I think I've been able to grow the core side of my business really quickly is because I, that was my focus. I didn't have, I didn't have, I was still technically on mat leave when I was creating the course. So I wasn't, um, we had in terms of finance wise with my husband and I, we'd planned for a whole year without any income from me. So I wasn't reliant where it's hard when you're on the hamster wheel of being reliant on your own business funds, like the situation you're in where you're like, you've got regular recurring clients and you've got that money and you're relying on that as part of your contribution to the household, whereas we weren't. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like I didn't even start paying myself until I I think I started creating the course that would have been in the April or the May and I didn't actually take a cent from the business until the August and still was only really part-time salary, but it was because we we, we weren't financially relying on that. And that's what what gave me a real leg up because I took on clients. In the meantime, I started taking on, I reached out to a few contacts that I had in the industry that I was like, you know, I'm open for client work if you've got it. At this point, I decided to leave my job and um, I said, and so any revenue that I got from client management, I literally did not touch it. And I put that in my mind as that goes into ads to run ads to for my course. And that goes into this. So it was, I was really just for about three or four months taking rev- taking client management fees that I was making and putting that to the side for building the course essentially because there's a lot of tech stuff that you've got to invest in and stuff like yeah. that. So I think the reason why I was able to, yeah, focus and and get because getting a course off the ground is a lot of content. It's a beast of a job, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the obligations of full-time work or yeah. a full client book. I probably only had maybe three or four clients at the time. Yeah, that's so good. It's like the perfect situation to sit down, get your head clear, map out a course outline and start chipping away at the course content because I'm in, yeah, I'm in the thick of it now, creating a course and delivering at the same time, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way, but to have this beautiful period of time where you can create, that's so good. And I think that that's often the clarity that you get after having a baby. And so, if I'd done that, if I'd been at a job or if I had been fully booked with clients, it would have taken me so much longer. So it was actually such a blessing to have mm. that vision at the start that, no, I want my co- my business to be predominantly course-based. And did you, like, I I had the same thing when, when my second baby was born. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to create a course because that's how I'm going to make money. But for me, unfortunately, I had like imposter syndrome coming yeah. say, well, hang on a second, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to create a course. You definitely know how to market, but like, you know, imposter syndrome and talked me out of it. Plus also had a business coach at the time who said, deliver and learn exactly what your target market wants, then create the course, which I've done. Mm-hmm. It was just a longer period. So how did you have that clarity of mind that, yep, I'm on maternity leave, but I know I'm onto something. Like, did you know that there was this gap in the market or 
I was that business owner that had no other option. I used to have my own e-com store. So I knew that what it was like to be so frustrated that I knew I was switched on and was able to do something as long as I had the training materials and the ability to do it. Like someone telling me, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to implement. I can figure it out from that, from my when I've got the tool. So it was kind of like I saw so many, well, first of all, I saw so many people that would love to work with a client manager, but they don't, it doesn't make sense for their business because you're paying outsourcing fees. So I did, I really had that, I don't know, I just, and that imposter syndrome did come up, but I guess because I didn't, I wasn't known in the industry, no one knew who I was. I didn't have a social media presence. I didn't, I wasn't losing out on anything. Mm. And I didn't tell anyone, like I didn't tell any um, fam- family or friends that I actually had really, I told maybe my, my closest friend, but I didn't really tell anyone that I'd started a business. So I was able to just, because I, I get imposter syndrome and I get really embarrassed about, oh, Katie's building this. I didn't want people to think I was just building this silly little business. Mm. Why do we think that? I know. And it's crazy thinking like two years, you know, that, is essentially two years ago that I started this business. And it's like so much has happened in that two years that it can change really quickly. But it's important also to know that that those first couple of months when I was creating the content and creating the course and trying to do client management, that was messy. Like I didn't have daycare organized for my youngest at that time. So it was all done in between naps and at nighttime and getting things done when you could and I think my husband was on night shift, so he was looking after the kids during the day. So it was just very like patchy and get it done when you can get it done. Yeah. But that was kind of, and then, and I think this is why I like talking to people that are in that same situation is that the first time I launched the course, I think I, I can't exactly, I think I had eight students or, and I was just, I remember, I still remember I was on a walk and I got that first sale notification and it was like, that's all I needed to be you can do this. You yeah, can keep going. Got this. So how did you get those first um, eight students? Did you do advertising back then or promotion? Yeah. So I ran ads to crappy lead magnet. It was so bad. And <laughs> I bet it wasn't. No, it was so bad. And I ran ads and I maybe had 500 people on my email list and I didn't email Ooh, them regularly. 500? Yeah, but the, that's the thing, Lisa. I, every cent that I got from clients, I was like, I'll just keep running ads. Every time I signed a new client, I was like, that's another 500 people I can get on my email list based on my cost per lead kind of thing. So, so I was decided just to build your list as your first my list, point of call. My first point. And some people, some of those people are still on my list. And then, so anyway, I had this crappy little lead magnet and I, so I sent out a couple of emails. I offered my course half price. So it was like 500 bucks. Yeah, it was a bargain. AD. And... I got eight people that signed up and I was like stoked. I thought I was, you know, yeah, a big dog. Yeah. <laughs> K-dog, the big dog. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can just retire now. <laughs> no, but that gave me the impetus to be like, okay, I'm onto something. This, yeah. this is something that people need. Of course. And I'll just interject there. Sorry. Um, It's been such a hype about Facebook ads. And no yeah. one has been teaching Google ads. So that's what I, I was so excited for you. And clearly you've like tapped into something. There's a need there. Mm. And overlaid that with COVID, with all these e-com businesses launching, it's been the perfect situation. Storm. Yeah. yeah, it really was because a lot of e-com businesses were experiencing rapid growth. Like at the st- when COVID hit uh, in March, a lot of businesses were, my clients were experiencing the biggest 
months because everyone was heading online, no one could shop in store anymore. And there was a really, um, yeah, there was a, a huge increase in people enrolling in the course. And I think now we've had about 500 students go through it in the last best part of two years, I guess. But it has, it has like, if I literally, if I thought back to where I was, I think also when you're coming off mat leave, you are really vulnerable emotionally. Oh, yeah. You are really vulnerable in terms of your skills and you think, have I lost it? Or you've been out of the workforce for even a couple of months in digital is like such a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I still have something to teach people or am I still relevant? And so just getting that first lot of people putting down money, not knowing who I was or what I was doing was just that enough that I was like, okay, I'm onto something. Yeah. And it gives you that real big. And now that I'm seeing some of my mastermind people having that same experience where they're like, I got five people signing up for my first round and I cried because it was so exciting. It's like, that's the start of, that's the tip of the iceberg. You'll only get better. So what was your next step once you delivered that first round where did you go from there yeah so my next step from there was I was like I want to pick the brain of other course creators so I signed up to that quite um costly us-based mastermind and I just wanted to learn from other course creators that were like and my my strategy was really launch again and again and again so the last couple of years have just been a very um quick succession of launches. So Mm. essentially every time a course would finish, I'd be already enrolling people into the next round. And, and, um, I think, and sometimes overlapping. So I'd have, I launched first time in the August, then I did a September, then I did an October launch, then I did January, then I did a March, 2020. Then I think I did a June, then I did an October and it was just back to back to back to back. Mm. But I reached the point where I was like, I'm full up with client work I'm maxing out with coursework and I've got a very addictive, obsessive personality that I was realising I was getting too focused on the building of the business side of things and I that wasn't why I started it. I started it so I could maintain, I could do, and I was still doing all the kids stuff, but it was I was becoming, I was working all the night, like um, every night after the kids went to bed and I was grabbing time whenever I could because I was I was too busy. Yeah. Um, so and what, so I had, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, when, when was that? Was that like last year that you? This- yeah, I hit that point, I think probably in the, in the February, probably last year. And I also really knew that I wanted a third baby. Mm. So I had to forward think that I can't keep a business running like this at the pace it's growing and also have a third baby and not turn off for it, you know, and be able to, ha- I wanted to be able to have that experience again. I really loved maternity leave and having that experience with a baby and I wanted that again so I started putting the feelers out to a colleague of mine that I'd worked with in the past and flagged the idea like hey I'm going to bring someone on full-time which is a big investment at the time because Mm. this was the month before COVID hit and I was still only paying myself a very part-time wage and I hadn't reached the tipping point yet where the business was I everything that I was making, I was really pouring back into yeah. resources. So hiring a full timer was like, this is something that I I know I need to do to grow. But it's also bring, taking someone away from their full time job, bringing them in on board, and guaranteeing them future employment was mm-hmm. something I was really conscious of. Did you have like money in the bank as a safety net? You know how they say you have like three to four months. I didn't. Of money in the bank? 
Yeah. So I was willing to sacrifice my own salary. So I think when I hired Caitlin, who's my amazing full-timer, she, we had a chat. She signed papers in early March and early March, it was that time where it was like COVID had not come up yet. And then she was starting in April and I remember her emailing me and being like, hey, if I know things are just shits hit the fan, yeah. if you need to, like I've got enough annual leave paid out from her old position that if you need to postpone my employment for another month, that's fine. And I was like, no, I'll take you on. I think I had maybe 10000 in the bank at that point. Wow. And, and clients on, like on a retainer? Yes. That's yeah. why I was like I, I was confident that I would be fine. Um, but it was still scary because I was bringing someone on full time. And, but I, my mindset was I'll sacrifice my salary because I know this course has legs. I know this business has legs. I just need to get someone because I only wanted to work part-time hours and the pace at which things were growing and at which I was feeding investment back into growing it. It was, um, it was something that needed more, it needed a Monday to Friday person holding things down and I wasn't doing that. Like right. I, I wasn't prepared to do that, to have five days a week. I was, I only want to work three days a week. So I um, brought her on and I feel like that was really the start of the tipping point for me, the yeah. snowball effect. So is that this point where you really had to completely back yourself? Yeah. 10K in the bank. Yes, you've got clients on board global pandemic shivers yeah I'm just gonna go all in yeah to to switch from okay this is cool this is growing to like a hobby this is legitimate I've got a full-time staff member and it was you know it's not lose change we're talking about either no 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 no, it's not it's she's a well-paid stuff like she's she's highly qualified she's well-paid I believe in paying people well for the job that they Mm do and I, it was an investment. I remember, you know, it's like, and I'm someone very ROI focused. So I knew that if I was bringing on someone for X amount per year, I needed to get back X amount per year in terms of an extra bump in revenue. So. And were you having conversations? This is what I always struggle with because I'm kind of at that point now. Do I bring mm, in a staff member? It's like a chicken or the egg. Does the growth come or does the stuff to come. Who do you bounce these conversations off? Like, do I find a finance person or an accountant or like I can talk to my partner about it? Like who are my you? My husband is the one. Yeah. And that mastermind actually was really helpful during yeah. that point. Um, that is the benefit for me of joining group programs in that aren't necessarily structured in a course-based structure. It's actually being able to have a network of people you can float ideas around with. Like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? Or what do these people think? Because my partner is the one that I float those ideas with. And we had discussions like, okay, this doesn't work out. That's fine. He has, he's got a really um, steady, well-paid job as well. And we had to have those conversations. I have to have his not blessing, but I have to yeah. know that if I'm going to say to him, I'm not going to be able to pay myself for three months, then yeah. that's not going to affect us as a family. So I have them first with my husband. And then also I was in the mastermind during that period and was like, I'm thinking about bringing someone on to help me grow the business. And it seems like looking back now, when you're in that period, it seems like you've been in there for a while, but looking back, I brought a full-time staff member on and it really had only been five months like it was a very early on decision yes I noticed this about your business it has been swift you've made decisions around (laughs) and I love that though you've backed yourself but it's not like you know 
un... They're planned, uh, they're strategic decisions. Yeah, yeah, you've crunched the numbers, but you haven't dwelled on it. And I think that's the difference between people who are successful and people who are stay kind of where they are for a long period of time. And it's also a huge amount of privilege that I've got a, a yeah. husband that has a decent wage that we can fall back on. Like, yeah. you know, not everyone can do that. So yeah. I am... Um, it's one of the reasons I haven't divorced him. <laughs> no, but it it is like there's a huge amount of privilege in in being able to do that as well. So I um, but I knew that I wanted to have a third baby, and I knew I couldn't keep up the the pace of what I was building at that time. And at this point, I still hadn't even I don't think I'd even launched social media yet. Like I hadn't even got an Instagram account yet. I was just. And at those early days of building a business, you're trying to like, you're trying everything and you're doing these different things and you're throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. And my business looks completely different, not overly different, but like the, this, the things that I was doing back then are different to what I'm doing now. And I think also when I reached out to Caitlin as well and had a conversation with her and explained the role and explained the vision of the business that I had and the vision of the course and having someone prepared to leave a a full-time role and say, yeah, I want to come build this business with you was also a really big confidence boost as well, because I was like, someone else can see this as well. Yeah. There's nothing like having a wing woman or a wing man um, in your corner. And I find that's like the hardest, one of the hardest things I see with my businesses, like do they hire an assistant? Do they hire a full-timer? Do they hire a VA? Like who can you bring into your village to back you? Um, because you can have all the conversations, like, you know, I have a lot of conversations with you, but you're not going to be in my business every day. Mm. Like it's, it's hard to find that person. And that's why I wanted to pay someone well, because I didn't, I didn't want to be training someone from scratch at that point. Mm. And I had trained her at my old role. And so I knew what her capacity was and her capabilities were. And I knew she was the person that I wanted to bring on to, elevate the business and so it wasn't I'm going through the hiring process again now where we're interviewing people that I I don't have that direct working experience for but I definitely it was less risk involved because I'd already worked with her for over two years so I knew her strengths I knew we worked well together I knew that she was um someone that had the skill set I needed and that we complemented each other really well so I was very fortunate in she wanted to come work for me and I think it would have been a lot more I would have been a lot more hamstrung had I had to go and cold search for someone because that's really hard because it's hard it's a big risk to take someone on full-time and then not know what their skill set is whereas I already had that so that's why I was more like I was prepared to be like I'm going to make the investment I'm going to do it because I know I know that she can back it up yeah. And so during this time of growth, and I've had the privilege of being able to see your insane systems and processes. <laughs> oh my Lord. Because I've taken your um, Launch Legends Mastermind. Yeah. And launched my own course during that time. And yeah, you let us have a peek inside. Oh my gosh, your Asana, your spreadsheets, your, you know, sis, uh, standard operating procedures. So how did you and when did you start developing them? Did you do them as you went? Did you do a course to be able to figure out your processes and automations? Like, because I think you're quite gifted. 
I, I, I probably don't realize that that's, it's interesting because it's something that I've tried to hand off, but I end up taking it back because I love it so much. And I have realized that that actually is part of the special source of my business is that I mm-hmm. can do all that. Mm-hmm. And when Lisa's talking about the the systems and that like automations and efficiencies and delegation is, I find it's my, str- my strength. Yeah. And I've tried to hire someone to fulfill that role and ended up taking it back because it's actually, I actually miss doing it. I like piecing everything together and I like the strategy behind it. So I, I find it very similar to piecing together a, a paid ad strategy. You're looking at how can I get the best result and then how can I streamline things? So it, it, it suits just my skill set. So that was from the very start. Even in April, back in April, 2019, I went on Upwork and I hired a VA for 20 hours a week that day, like that I decided to start building a course. Yeah. So you went all in, even on that. Like, so most people start, oh, I'm going to do two hours here and three hours there. You're like, nah, I'm going to treat this person like a staff member. And yeah. And she's still with me and she's amazing. So she's with me and she works anywhere between 20 and 40 hours a week. And I love her, but my brain works in a way that it's like, I hate wasting time. I hate inefficiencies to to my detriment sometimes, because I'll be in like something that I'm like, this is just a waste of my time. Like I could be doing something to generate more revenue here. I could be doing something. I'm very like um, cut and dry like that. Like Mm -hmm. I don't need to be spending my time doing this. Mm -hmm. And like I said, sometimes it's to my detriment because I am too, a bit too black and white like that. But I look at things and my philosophy is do it once, record it, have the instructions and then get someone else to do it again. And then my time can be focused on the strategy, the automation, the delegation, the growth, that side of things. So, um, Anything that doesn't require me to be doing it, I'm like, how can I automate this? And like, I was having this discussion with Caitlin the other day to the point where, you know, I'll often come to her and be like, do you want me to automate that? Like, create an automation for that. And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. But my brain just works in a way that, like, that I can see that that's wasting 10 minutes. Let's try and pick up a better way to do it. I would say 95% of the population do not have that ability and it and I like you say it's your secret source it really truly is yeah and I, I think that's why I'm like I think I've come to the point where I'm like no actually that I want that to be part of my role like if I'm doing 15 to 20 hours a week I want to be doing that because I want to be the one that know I'm also someone that I want to know how things happen in my business yeah. I don't want to be handing that off to someone else so yeah things that I don't have the brain for are things like social media or yeah. um there are lots of things that I don't have that brain desire. for, desire yeah. for. So I'd rather outsource that to someone else. Yeah. I do my own socials now, but like as in from a, um, from a, it's like the, the last thing on my list. So I look yeah. at like the automation side of things because that has allowed me to grow because it's allowed me to grow in a really streamlined way without a lot of, without a big team because everything oh, yeah. can be, I'm just like, why don't you automate that? Let's just, yeah. it's a creative system. Let's create a process. Let's get yeah. it done. I think that scares a lot of entrepreneurs, the whole automation thing or outsourcing, letting someone else write an email for you. But as you say, if you can write it once or, you know, create a document to demonstrate the style or anything, yeah. you may as well. 
And I still do all my own emails and stuff like that because I actually really, I want to also have a role in my business that the stuff that I enjoy doing. Mm. I enjoy writing. So I enjoy doing my EDMs and my newsletters and my sales emails and stuff. I enjoy um, teaching. So I want to do all the, all the cost content and I enjoy systems and operations and processes. So how can I spend my time doing that stuff and how can I get like the other stuff off my plate and Mm. create a pro and create something and put it onto someone that enjoys that more or has that as a skill. So um, I realize I've got a finite time amount of time that I have each week. And I want to make sure that I haven't moved into a role in my business that I'm like, I hate it. Like I love it coming in and being like, I've got five hours of blank space on my calendar that I can create content and create systems and processes. Sounds so boring. I'm literally the most boring person in the world. No, I I totally get it. (laughs) But what does your, like if you've got your, what does your week look like and your days? Do you structure it? Do you plan it out? I do. So I like to time block. I like to time block a lot. And I'm someone that I've realized, and this is something as I'm moving into maternity leave, I think, again, I'll have another fresh start. It gives you an opportunity to pause and reflect. And I was finding I was actually doing too much of the stuff that was on my calendar that I didn't enjoy the most, like consulting work or um, I'm someone that I don't like a lot of calls. So I don't like seeing my calendar booked up with client calls or booked up with calls. That to me is, it makes me like, dread those days. So it's given me the opportunity to reevaluate and be like, I don't think I'll offer that moving forward or I don't think I'll offer that. So my ideal day is like white space. My calendar will be full because I'll have planned out what I'm doing. But as an example for today, we've got our podcast interview and then I've got course content I want to create. And then I've got uh, an EDM that I want to write. And those, those, that fills my bucket yeah. So it's very structured in that I know what I'm doing at any given time. Mm. But I also like to build in that white space that if something comes up, I've got that wiggle room because I'm not held to calls or deadlines or things like yeah. that. So it's structured but still expansive. Yeah. And the least amount of appointments as possible. Yeah. yeah. I like that too. Because I don't love them. I don't love it. So it's something that I'm like, okay, I don't think I'll do one on one calls when I come back or I don't think I'll do consulting calls because it, given the opportunity between getting, and that's hard because it's good money, those sort of services. Mm. But then I think, well, I could create more content for my course to make that my sole, my hero product and make that the sole focus. So rather than trying to, you know, sacrificing revenue on the short term for building revenue on the long term is kind of my, my focus now. And also financially, I'm at the position in the business that I'm able to do that because I'm not the business is growing to a point where I have the ability to say no to things that I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, with yeah. the business growth, has your husband, is he like going to be a house husband anytime soon? Like how's that working? Yeah, it's a good question because it's something that I'm, I've said to him that, you know, I could bring him on board into the business and he, there's nothing that he would really want to do though inside the business. And, but we have had those discussions. I think it's always been, let's just park that until you come back from maternity leave. Because my thing was like, let's have this baby. Let's figure out what that looks like. And then we'll reevaluate that. But I'm also conscious of the fact that I enjoy being the primary parent too. And if he doesn't have, if he becomes the stay-at-home dad, I know my brain will automatically go to work, 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 work. Yeah. And I've got to be really careful not to cross that line. So 
I don't know whether it's the best thing. I, I in my ideal scenario, I think would both be part time. I'd be yeah. part time hours, and he'd be part time hours, and that's something we're we're talking about. But because he's in a more of a traditional industry, being an electrician, he doesn't have that flexibility as much. It's all, kind of all or, all or nothing. Mm. But it's something that we we're actively thinking about because we didn't expect the business to grow as quickly as it had and to be as financially stable as it is. And it does give us that, allow us to have more of those discussions. But again, it is something that I have to be really conscious of because, for example, during COVID, he um, was on uh, mandatory leave for seven weeks. And I use that time to put my pedal to the metal and to, and go, 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 go with work and still spend time with the kids, but not as much as I do when he's at work. Yeah. Because, and it ended up being like we were almost two ships passing. Yeah. Because I was like, well, he's home. I may as well, again, my brain, like I said, it very black and white. I'm like, I may as well maximize this opportunity yeah. I've got to work and yes. build the business. And so it's not necessarily good for my work life balance if he's yeah. the primary parent. And I love it. I love doing the school drop off. I love doing the everything. I love, like, I, I, I have, I want to go back to my original core reason for starting the business and transitioning from being an employee to a business owner was that I want to spend as much time with the kids as possible and be that primary parent. So not getting too focused on the business side of things. Yeah. So how much time do you spend being mum? So I have Mondays and Fridays are my days with the kids. Um, Some Fridays my mum will spend a couple of hours with them just because she gets to see them too. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, my two-year-old is in daycare. I've got one at school. She's only four days a week at school in prep, um, in her first year of school. So, yeah, Mondays and Fridays are my kid days. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I only work 9.30 till 2.30 school hours. So it's 15 hours of fixed work a, a week. And then when I'm not pregnant and, like, exhausted, I'll, I'll likely jump on. I'll probably do somewhere between 20 and 25 hours a week, including some nighttime stuff. And that's kind of my sweet spot. That and that's why if Matt was was full time at home, I I wouldn't want to be doing more than that because I find my business has grown enough doing that. I don't need to be doing. Yeah, it's, it's hard though. It's really hard to switch yeah. it off when switch off your business brain when you're. Oh my lord, it never stops for me. And I think every creative or entrepreneurial ambitious person it never stops when you're going to sleep when you're in the shower all these ideas but like you say there's that tipping point between when it feels good to be working and to be challenged to when it was like oh no I'm and the pendulum swings yeah I've been in points where the pendulum has swung too much that I've been working too much and when I say too much it's not never over 40 hours a week but it's too much for me and my family and yeah I was saying to you before we jumped on recording is that that's the lovely, that's also why I really wanted to have someone on board before going on and a good chunk of time, like Caitlin will have been on for, let's say, I don't know, 15 months before I go on maternity leave or 14 months is that I wanted to be completely comfortable with switching off. Like I do not want to be doing, you know, I'm not going to be launching a course. I'm not going to be doing any client work. I want to be a mum and I want to be enjoying the newborn period and I want to be enjoying going on walks and, and enjoying doing playgroup and enjoying doing activities. And that was really important to me. So I wanted to 
I justified that to myself with the rapid growth was like, I want to build up enough in the bank that I've got enough to be offline for six, eight, 10 months and not be expecting and just to enter a maintenance phase of the business covering wages and everything like that. So that's why I was like, I have to be all or nothing. I don't want to be working part-time when I've got a new baby. I want to be off. So for me, that looks like I might give Caitlin a call once a week when I'm walking around the block with the baby and check in to make sure she's supported enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll still be processing payroll or stuff like that, but that might be three hours a week, which will keep my brain ticking over in terms Mm -hmm. of like just checking emails and stuff like that, but not building getting out of that hamster wheel for a bit, which I'm really, I'm really looking forward to stepping back from that. Yeah. Usually when I'm not in pregnancy or new babe, new mum mode, I'm like, go, go, build, 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 build. And it doesn't switch off. Whereas I'm, I want to embrace the switching offness. Yes. And do you, will you, cause I know when I try and switch off, I, I can't read books. I can't follow people. I can't listen to podcasts. No, I won't. I'll be listening. I'll listen to Real Housewives specific yes. podcasts. <laughs> Even now that's, I, I only listen to a few business podcasts, yours being one of them, but I don't consider yours to be a business podcast for me because I'm more just listening to interesting stories for mm like I'm not looking to build an e-com store, for example, or so I'm all, I don't think of that as being a, uh, like I would, I, if I was listening to like a course launch podcast, for example, that would be bad. (laughs) bad. Yeah. So I have to switch off. I have to, I'm not going to read any business books. I'm going to read just, I want to get back into reading and obviously I'll still be watching the housewives. Um, but my podcast now, even I only listen to predominantly Bravo podcasts, like non- business podcast like when I'm in I'm in launch phase and working I'm in that pendulum swinging phase where I could be working too much I cannot listen to podcasts because yeah your brain will go into overdrive yeah and yeah yeah, especially if you want to do that physical switch off I imagine there's probably going to be a couple of months of like um coming down of the well I've been actually experiencing that now and it's been nice so I'm in the midst as I wrap up to go on maternity leave I'm in the midst of wrapping up my latest course intake but I have been as my tiredness is growing and as like I feel like my motivation was still at peak motivation mode until maybe like 28 weeks and now I'm 35 weeks I'm like I've already been gradually slowing down anyway and doing enough not like getting out of that growth mindset just into the like let's cruise mindset so it is I am um I feel like I'm getting there and by the time baby comes I'll be there yeah and then you know that your your body will kick in and then chemicals will kick in and, and you'll be like screw work I don't care I know I'm just here with my little baby. Yes. And that's, I feel like that is coming for me in a couple of weeks where I'm, I'm like excited about that. Cause that's actually, it's a nice reprieve from your mind going into overdrive all the time. And that's why I didn't want, I really was conscious that I didn't want to have both. I didn't want to be having the baby and then coming back to work. So all my clients are off to Caitlin now. I don't want anyone relying on me. Yeah. Especially if third baby potentially last baby last baby time yeah don't want that polluted I want to be going on walks and I want to be like just I feel like I've been such rapid growth phase the last couple of years that I'm I want that downtime yeah and And it's scary that the only way I can 
force myself to do do that is having a baby. That's what scares me is that in another two years I'm going to be like, let's have another baby. <laughs> Maybe get another sheep or something. <laughs> that picture with it wearing a nappy on my, oh my God. <laughs> that was so funny. So my last question that I wanted to get out of you um, for now anyway, so it, it seems like from the outside it's been quite like cruisy and, and, and it's gone well, not cruisy. That's the wrong word, but it's gone smoothly. Has there been times where you've just like ugly cried to your husband or sat in the bottom of the shower and just be like, what am I doing? Like what have, has it been? Yeah, like, so there, there, I, there have been points, not that I, there's never been a point that I wanted to, that I didn't think the business was going to work, which I'm grateful for because I've had that in the past. And that is debilitating when you are waking up in the middle of the night and you're like, I don't know if I've got the money for this. I don't know how much longer I can last. Like I haven't had that with this business. I've been very fortunate that from the start, I haven't had those concerns. And I have had them in the past. When I ran my e-commerce business, I was like in knots. I just remember that feeling of being in knots all the time. Um, and so, but I've had the moment, I've had the moments where I am someone that um, is very, I'm a very sensitive person. And so when you become more out there or more public or that to me is really hard and having people give constructive criticism or feedback or negative feedback really gets me down and it's something mm. I have to work, have worked on a lot. I'm a lot better than I was, but there are moments that that will eat me, like eat me alive. And I'll just think I'm going to shut the course down or I'm going to do like, so there's been those moments where I've like rethought, am I, am I built for this? Cause it does require you to be a little bit, have a bit more of an, um, this be tough. Yeah, an edge to you because you yeah. are like you. Yeah, and and also the the for me, it's also been establishing boundaries around what I will and what I won't do, and that takes time too. Around, I'm not going to be answering student emails on the weekend. I'm not going to be answering DMs on the weekend that are about core support and becoming and realizing that I don't have to every time someone emails me about doing a free training for their their class if it's not my target market. I don't have to say yes to everything. So mm. there's been more those times where it's just because I haven't, there's not a clear roadmap for having a course and service-based business. There's just been those times where I'm like, I don't actually know what I'm meant to be doing here. Mm. And I don't know. I know what the end outcome that I want looks like, but I don't know the path to get there. And so yeah. just those confusing points, and I now feel like I'm coming out the majority of the other side with that, um, being that the business is now two years old, but it's, I've had those moments where I have cried to my husband or, and there's been also moments that have been really tricky um, that, you know, if, if I've had moments of people, someone um, that I, I heard along the grapevine that someone was uh considering pursuing legal action against me for some reason. And that was something that I was distraught over. Yeah. Um, so not anything to do with anything I had done. It was a um, conflict of interest sort of thing. And those sort of things where I'm like, I'm just trying to 
provide for my family and build a business yeah. for my family. So yes. when you feel like your safety is compromised. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Th- mm. th- so those have been more of the things rather than those. Um, and, and also, you know, just the mum guilt oh, of yeah. like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing by building a business and, and having, and then, then I know that I am because in five years time when all my kids are at school, I'll have that time to really dedicate again. And that'll be a new phase of my life. But that there, there is that constant negotiation between family and work. And what does that look like for me at this particular point in my life is really, really tricky. It really is. And they grow up so quickly. And yeah, you're constantly thinking, should I even be doing this now? Do I wait until they're seven and eight or nine? Like it's, it's so tough to have that ambition. Yes. At, the, at this period of like, how old are your kids? Three and minus five. six, three oh. and fetus. <laughs> six, oh, three I- and zero. So it's, it's like, yeah. Well, and, and also am I doing the right thing by having a bait? Like that's the other thing about the, my dilemma at the moment is like, holy shit, if I built this business for two years and then I, I'm going to go off and have a break and it's not going to be here when I get back, like those sort of things. And it's like, but you got, I got to write it out. Yeah. I just got to figure it out. And you've got the right balance. Like you, you really wouldn't want, if you want a third baby, you really wouldn't want to be putting your business ahead of no like making that decision I'm in that decision well I was in that decision but uh, fortunately for me my partner is making the decision but um (laughs) yeah to that you're doing it you're making it work for you and if you come back and it's not the same that's okay you know you're not into it but that's a scary thought for me because I'm like I really like the business as it is right now and but I might like it better in yeah. ten months' time, yeah. eleven months' time, a year's time. So it's, it, I'm like, okay, what is that? I just the not knowing of what something's going to evolve into. And then I like to think back this time last year, when I just hired someone, I didn't know what was going on either. So, um, the, and things have changed so much in a year's time. So it's like, what, what's it going to look like in a year? That that's an exciting thought as well. But it's also scary because I think. Oh, have I built up all this momentum and have I built up all this sort of goodwill and and people know who I am in my little pocket of the internet and then is that going to disappear? I don't know. We'll see. Are you going to do anything along the line, along the 12 months to keep people warm, keep your audience there, or like emails, podcast, anything? <laughs> no podcast. I think I will do email because I do genuinely just enjoy that. I don't see that as a work thing. I see that as just like an outlet. Mm. Um, so I will do that. I'll be running my, have developed a mini course that I'll be running as a paid product, running ads towards that to build my wait list for my course. I've set strategies in place to be able to build that. So when I'm coming back, I've already got people ready to go. And the other thing I'll be doing on mat leave, you know, it's a business owner form of mat leave will be updating content for my existing students to make sure they're still supported during that time. So if there's changes to Google ads or big feature changes, but the only real thing on my horizon for the next, let's call it 10 months is updating course content where it needs to be updated and jumping on social media or email when I feel like it, but no structured work days. So my idea of maternity leave is no structured, like no formal work days. Yeah. Cause I actually enjoy my, I enjoy my brain ticking over and keep thinking about things. I just yeah. don't, don't we doing it in a formalized way? 
I, I would love to speak to you in six months' time because I bet, because you know when you tune out the noise and you go for walks and you spend time with your kids, all this clarity yeah. comes and you, I bet you're going to have be these ping-pings and you'll and have I'll, something. I'll have to stifle it. <laughs> yeah, or, or you'll be like, you know, marinating something different in you. I, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I have to like really control my brain sometimes. Just keep a secret notepad. I do. I have one on my phone, a list of all times. I'll just be like, ooh. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for interviewing me, Lisa. Well, thank you for asking me too. It's been great. And I think we should do this again in, yeah, six, ten months. Yeah, see what the, maybe this could be my my, um, back to back to business (laughs) podcast. You can interview me again and see how much of this rings true. Yeah, it's like a time capsule. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Katie. We're going to miss you so much. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Can I still message you about real Still message me. Okay, about Bolo. About Bolo. Oh, my God, don't even get me started. Thank you so much for listening to today's chat. I hope that it was helpful for you if you're in the same space where you're looking to build your business and you've got kids and a bunch of other things and it's messy and all the things. So I really enjoyed talking to Lisa about that and I love hearing the behind the scenes of other people's businesses. So hopefully you feel the same way. If you liked today's episode, make sure you do rate and review and share with someone that you think would be interested. Again, I'll be jumping offline and not recording any episodes for at least the rest of this year, I anticipate. I'm not sure exactly when I'll be back. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at kgriffin underscore. And if you want to follow Lisa, she is at lisaburnmarketing and her website is lisaburn.com.au and all those links are in the show notes. And until I talk to you next time, enjoy whatever you are doing.